Welcome to Eclipse, a Dungeons & Dragons sci-fi fantasy thriller. I'm Jeremy Fair, and I'll be your Dungeon Master. I'm Adam Deweese, and I will be your Illithid Cleric, Dr. Shepard. I'm Megan Kelleher, and I will be your Human Monk, Ava Elkin. I'm Rob Clark, and I will be your Warforged Artificier, Info Fuscat. I'm Whitney Mullins, and I'll be playing Rita Nove and ASMR Bard. And I'm Patrick Collins, playing Kanan Vergas, the Tiefling Wild Magic Sorcerer. So last time on Eclipse, you were all in prison, as has been the case for a couple weeks now. And you were all finally shown to your cell, which really isn't that bad. I mean, it, you're in, you're here against your will, which makes it prison. But you got beds and there's like a sink and like a wall that almost gives you privacy in the bathroom. And like you were all kind of deciding if you were going to escape, how you would escape, what would happen if you managed to escape. Would it be like last time where you just get literally arrested and put back in your cell or like what would happen? You're not really sure. But as you're all discussing it, there was suddenly a knock at the door. The door opened and the uh, Githyanki captain is standing there. Behind him are two more of the Githyanki soldiers. They, you know, all three of these people are armed with rifles as well as their Githyanki swords hanging at their belt. And standing behind them is a very large creature. It is about 13 feet tall. It is almost hitting the top of the ceiling in this room that it's standing in the kitchen. It could not. There's no way it would be able to fit through the doorway that um, you have all came into your prison cell, but it could only go through the doorway into this kitchen area. And this giant thing is just standing there um, behind them. It seems to literally be like some sort of hill giant, as far as you can tell. And it is just standing there behind them. All right, it's time to get cuffed. It's labor time. Captain points as he says that, and they start walking in towards you all with these red rings. He's like, put these on. Can't have you flinging spells everywhere. Philip, you want us to do mining and cuffs? Um, real quick, before you, you know, tie my hands. Um, and she, like, grabs and rips the page out of the notebook and hands it to the leader and goes... I made you a picture, even though you didn't seem really excited about it, so here you go. He's going to just look at it for a second and see this, like, caricature of, like, a green-skinned Dennis Quaid. <laughs> and he's just kind of confused. And, uh, you know, he doesn't know who Dennis Quaid is, but that's what he looks like. And, you know, more or less. And he's just to be like... Put these cuffs on, and he's just yelling, and he's like, it, like, sh- like you know, moving his finger and pointing at you, and one of them will quickly rush forward and grab your wrists and put them on. But her arms are still free; they're not like bound at your side or anything. You just can't cast magic, and they're going to attempt to put these cuffs on all of you as well. Hey, um, but what if like a spell that I had is like helpful? Like I have mage hand; like it could help. But literally, have a third hand. You don't need to worry about that. You just need to worry about mining crystal while you await your trial. I just wanted to be more productive for you. You're just cutting productivity. It's just simple math. I was just trying to help. 
as Leah's talking to him, is anyone else going to do anything to resist? Or are you all going to let them put these cuffs on? I'm hiding apricot up my leg, my pants leg again. And what have you done with the bag of holding? I'm wrapping it around me like a uh, like a big shirt type thing, just to like look like a piece of clothing, like a like a penny jersey from PE class. Yeah, pretty much. Like a sash. Yeah, it's like Worf's sash. It's like my sash of holding now. That's literally the sheets. Like, like they just see two sheets missing, and they're now wrapped around you as a sash. It's like the world's shittiest frat house costume for, like, toga night. All right. Well, they're going to walk over and hold these things out. Hold out your arms. And they're, like, going to put these rings on Info. You do anything? Info's just going to stare at him. And, like, as he holds out his hands for the cuffs, both middle fingers are just going to slowly kind of point up. And then he's just going to smile. But that's it. You're going to smile at them really creepily. And they're going to put these rings on you, and you two are depleted of your ability to cast spells. What about Kanan and Ava? Are either of you going to resist or do anything in this moment as Apricot scurries away? I'll put them on. I mean, I'm dubious they can fit around my super jacked arms, but... I would like to test a theory and quietly turn away from the guard and cast Mage Armor on myself to see if it'll stay up once these things are put on me. Okay. When you cast Mage Armor, is that going to, like... Are they going to be able to tell that you've done this? Did you have a cool spectral suit of armor a second ago? And it doesn't say there's any sort of visual... Did you always sparkle like that, Kanan? I just touch my chest and go, Really cool armor, please. What was that? Place is really cool. I, I wish we had an armoire. <laughs> Turn around. Put these on. You got it, boss. <laughs> just grab your arm. And they're going to put these on you as well. And the, it doesn't seem like it disappears. The armor still seems to be on you, just as Apricot did not vanish when these were put on Ava. Very well. Now, come with us. And they're going to lead you back out into the kitchen. So the four of you don't have weapons, and you don't have your magical abilities at the moment. But you do have uh, whatever else. And you are just led out into this kitchen area. And the two Githyanki that had put these red glowing anti-magic bracelets on you just stand back. They're just still holding the rifles. They're not really pointing at you or anything. The other captain walks over to the door that he had taken you into the cell from and basically is pointing for you to all go back out into that cave-like area that you had first been walked down. All right, go out there. Are there any uh, objects just scattered around uh, the tables or anything in here, anything that I could, like snag like stapler or <laughs> a stapler there's i mean there's not a stapler but there is know. maybe a mixed use kitchen i mean there are like uh like knives and things some silverware well we're passing through the kitchen i'd like to try and grab like a knife or a spork or something like the sharpest thing nearby all right so i think you're gonna have to make a stealth check like sleight of hand while you're being watched by armed guards well, that didn't go well. Four. One of them's going to go, hey, you! And they're going to run over and hit you in the back with the butt of the gun. And the other one, the leader is going to turn around and go, what the hell do you think you're doing? And pull his sword out. And uh, you see this big, long Githyanki saber pointing directly at you. And he's going to point at your chin and then move the blade slowly to the side and knock the knife away with the sword. One more move and it'll be your life. You might be made of metal, but I bet this thing will slice you in two. 
Well, how do you expect me to dig without something to dig with? I was going to use that to dig, man. You'll be given your tools when you arrive. Well, why didn't you say that? No need to be such an asshole. He's going to grab you by the shoulder and yank you forward and say, Get in line! And shove you that way and then smack you on the ass with the side of his sword. Hey, buy me dinner first. This, these aren't gift Yankees, these are gift kinky. <laughs> uh, are the rest of you going to just move in or are any of you going to descend? Well, now that I see that knives are not a good idea, I guess I'll just go. All right, so you were all marched into this cave-like hallway. As soon as that uh, the two iron doors that you have to pass through from the kitchen into the cave are opened, you are hit with that same smell of, of like the moisture of the cave. And when you were led back into this area where there's the trail going upwards that you had all came from as you were led into the cell, to your left and to your right is where the trail continues to descend downwards. You will go deeper to the mining complex. Move. As you are led down uh, this cave, you are walked, you would guess, further than originally. Before, it was like just maybe two minutes, but now this is like a good five minutes or so. And the deeper you go, it actually starts to smell a lot saltier and a lot less like, like this mildewy moisture type smell. And in fact, you'll eventually see uh, like a light kind of shimmering um, from a from an, a very low level. And as you go down, this, this very salt-like smell is overwhelming, and you are brought out into what appears to be sunlight. You are all now standing on ground that instead of looking dark black and, and brown and gray like the walls of the cave, uh, looks almost purple in color. And all around you seems to be large uh, purple crystalline structures as well as a number of very large red mushrooms and you also see uh, what appears to be like grass but it kind of looks thicker than most grass that you've seen almost like it's part of the same organism in the way that like moss might be Um, and that seems to be covering Uh, random patches around where the mushrooms are growing and you are hearing all around you like the sound of like chinking metal against pieces of stone or crystal and as you're brought further outside you are certain that this is sunlight that is on you as you can see straight up into the sky and there is sun beaming down on you and you see a number of creatures of uh, of humanoids of all different sorts of species and races, some of them you've never seen in your life. They all seem to be wearing these same sort of bracelets. They're armed with what look to be like pickaxes, and they are indeed harvesting crystal. And you can, all of you can tell, this is the kind of crystal that people use to make crystal coils. And this is what they seem to be mining from this very large mining structure. As you were like led completely out of this cave and now you were 100% exposed to the sunlight when you look to your right there's like a cliff side and it seems to descend down so far that like from where you're standing you can't really see but like from what you can tell it'd be like an extremely far drop and off the side of like a cliff or a chasm and yeah you just see all these prisoners that are out here working you also see a number of githyanki that are kind of standing guard as well as some figure that looks human or maybe like an elf wearing a big cape 
and he seems to be walking next to some extremely large rat-like creature uh, with purple skin. It looks to be about the size of a lion. It looks like it has spiked spine going down its back and a long tail that has spikes on the end like a flail, and that thing is walking beside him. In addition to that, you see uh, one other creature uh, about 300 feet away from you, and it looks like about the size of a horse, maybe a pony, like smaller than a horse, but instead of a horse body, it's like a spider's body with fur on its back, and then kind of like a centaur, there's like a figure's upper torso coming out of it, but the top kind of looks like a dragon, like a dragonborn's face with like a spiked nose. It has arms coming off that seem to have claws on them. And some of you have actually seen this kind of creature before, but only in studies. And it is a Neogi. And this Neogi is um, something you've heard about and that, that you've heard that the uh, Lord's Alliance has had problems with in the past. These Neogis that come from far, far on the other side of the galaxy, very, very far from here. Like you would travel for months to get to a planet where they come from, but they apparently have been starting all sorts of trouble lately, invading various planets and asteroids and, and causing trouble even within your own solar system to where the Lord's Armada has taught you about them. Neogi just make me laugh really hard because in official art, they have a fanny pack. Okay, gotta pull that up real quick. <laughs> I just think they're so funny. Oh, you're right. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, yeah, they've got a... Sh- that is a fucking... He a little, fa- he's got a, a fucking purse. fanny pack. Yeah, sure is. I mean, where they else are they gonna keep their shit? They gotta keep their evil stuff somewhere. Yeah. And these ones don't disappoint. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> they've got two fanny packs. Uh, at least the one you can see uh, seems to be armed with a spear as well as like this kind of like sash like scarf thing and sure enough uh, something that can only be described in Terrell as a fanny pack yes go talk with him he'll get you your pickaxes you will work for four hours before you are given food then you'll be replenished with calories for your labor wait the guy with the fanny pack (laughs) yes the Neohi go see him to indentured servitude we go so you were led forward through this mining area that seems to be right on the side of this cliff and even though you've been traveling downward for quite some time uh, it seems like you're still very very high up or or perhaps this this pit that you're going to just descends extremely deep into the earth or something but sure enough you're just outside inside of a cliff and as you round the corner um, passing you know a couple different um, captives who are also laboring on this crystal you'll come around to see not only the Neogi but uh, one more Gith Yankee who's just standing there, and also a, a very large hill giant, just like the one you've seen before. The one before did not follow you down here. There seems to be another one, and it is just standing there holding a very large axe. Um, it does not seem to be bound in any sort of way. Its eyes are not red. It is not wearing anything. Um, and behind it, you see what looks to be a very large, like 15-foot-wide stone staircase that's descending downward, um, around a cliff that you cannot see. And he's going to uh, point at the Neogi, and as you look over there, you'll see there's like a box on the wall, and there are, there are various uh, tools like uh, crowbars and pickaxes and things like that. Now you will go over there to the Neogi, and he will give you what you need. You will not start any trouble, and as long as you do your fair work, you will be given the food you require to survive. We will let you know when you're Lord's Armada has returned contact. 
Are you gonna eat us? Oh, heavens no. Not you. You're rusted. This is a patina. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, awesome. We will see you at dinner then. Take care. Bye-bye. You walk over and there's this Neogi turns around and extends its really long serpent-like neck. One of its clawed hands rests on its fanny pack while the other one clutches uh, the spear. <laughs> uh, hello, my man. Nice fanny pack. What you want? We are here to work for you. Who are you? Where's your tools? New recruits. We need equipment to, uh, I guess, pick up rocks. You new recruits, fine. Grab rats. Get to work. Grab rats. You use rats and grab axe. Axe. Oh, okay. Sorry, I didn't. Uh, your accent. Uh, sorry, man. You don't speak. And uh, he hits you with a stick. <laughs> its spider legs are like they're stomping and thromping. Apologies. Um, I think it's really wonderful to speak a foreign language. I don't speak foreign. You speak foreign. He hits you with a stick. Get to work. Grab pickaxe. You know what? That's true. <laughs> he really gave me a lot to think about. Um, you said this weapons rack, is it just pickaxes or is it... Just pickaxes and crowbars or something similar to a crowbar. I'll take a crowbar. I'll grab a pickaxe. Okay, thanks, Nagini. He's going to just kind of look at you all like almost expectantly, just kind of like, work! Crush crystal, work! Info's going to look over and grab one of each. He's like just pointing, <laughs> just like pointing out into a direction. Opposite of the way that the where the big hill giant is standing. Back kind of the way you had come from is where he seems to be pointing as he just screams work. Is there a tutorial? Break crystals, deliver! You work! You eat food! You work, you don't die! You eat food! You don't work, you are food! Yeah, I want to start hitting rocks. Lita will grab a pickaxe. He's my new favorite character. Neogi Nick. Info grabbed one of each, a pickaxe and a crowbar, and just walked off to start working. Can I make my way across the floor over towards the cloak-wearing elf-like creature next to the giant lion-sized rat? Yeah, so that uh, elf is walking, has like a big sword at their side, and their back is to you, and they're just wearing this uh, cloaked garb, and they're just making their way... Uh, in the opposite direction of you through this mining complex and they seem to be like watching over things like overseeing all the operations what are you going to do just walk over to them I'd like to approach and announce myself so I don't sneak up on this guy holding a sword and say uh, excuse me do uh do you work here <laughs> can you get something off a shelf for me? no this is really awkward I just have the same shirt on as the employees but I don't I don't work <laughs> But every time I wear blue at Best Buy, Jesus. <laughs> this person will turn around and look at Kanan, and you can immediately tell that this is a space elf. Uh, the space elf has kind of darker olive-colored skin compared to most of the elves that you've seen on Terrell, at least the high elves. And it just looks at you with like the smug look on their face. They certainly saw that smug elfliness to them. And um, the big rat creature turns around and growls at you and it does not have square rat-like fangs its teeth are more similar to a lion than that of a rat and um, you'll see this space elf rests its right hand on the back of this giant creature uh, while the left just kind of moves down to where the hilt of its sword is at its side who are you? why aren't you working? I was just going to ask if there were any limits to where we should be or should not be removing things. 
or are there any big deposits you guys need worked on? Are you new captives then? Of course they didn't explain anything to you. Uh, yeah, awaiting trial. Yes, you, you break up the crystals and you will deliver them to the compound pile. And as long as you're not messing around, you'll be able to go get food and sleep and be alive to do it again tomorrow. Wow, sounds like a riveting experience. Don't try to talk to me like that. You're the prisoner. You shouldn't have committed whatever crime you committed. Yeah, wrong place, wrong time, pal. Um, so I'll see you around. I'm going to head to work. Thanks for the uh, the chat. What is it with these servants? <laughs> and he's going to turn around and flip his cape and continue strolling forward. Info's going to lean over and whisper to Ava and Lita. I need you guys to make a little distraction. I'm sorry, but I'm really not helping you. I'm not causing problems. You got Rodney killed. You owe me one. I didn't get Rodney killed. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you did. Okay, would you rather me die? Because I'm pretty sure you can bring Rodney back. It wouldn't be the same. Okay, I'm not helping you. And Lena walks away. I'm not saying I am helping you, but I am extremely curious about what kind of shit you're about to try, so uh, enlighten me. I just need them to look away from me for a minute. As Kanan walks back to join them, he's going to poke his head. What shit? You're doing more shit? Uh, well, we I have a crowbar, and I have a pickaxe, and I have a sash of holding. So, I mean, come on. They're not expecting both these things back. I can put one of them in the sash if they don't see me. Huh. I'm not starting, like, shit right here. I'm just storing this shit for later when I start shit. Hmm. Can we take a look around and see if there's any, like, is there an angle at which we could, like, sort of block info from view of any of the bosses just to give him a second to, like, stick a pickaxe in his sheets, baby Bjorn? Yeah, I mean, this seems uh, like a pretty big place. It seems like the part you're standing is just a very small portion of these mines. Um, the area where the space elf and the big uh, rat beast are walking to seems to be leading to the rest of this mining area that you seem to be able to wander around and work in. But yeah, I think you could certainly position yourself to where the very few Githyanki uh, and the one Niyogi can't see you. And you already know that this other space elf can't see you because it seems to be walking away. Yeah, I think you can all block. Are you? Are you? How many tools are you going to put in the sash of holding? Uh, I'm just going to put the crowbar in there because I assume that they're going to like count or expect a certain number to come back. And since I took two for one, I don't think they'll necessarily immediately blame me. So Info's just going to put like the crowbar and just like slide that bad boy up in that hole. Okay. Um, it did not seem like when you grabbed them. That the Neogi was especially attentive to really anything other than just yelling at you to get to work and grab the tools. And you're, yeah, that's why you're so easily able to grab two of them. But yeah, you're certainly able to stash that crowbar. Cool. You have one crowbar stashed in your sash of holding. And then I'm just going to walk over to the nearest deposit and start hitting it with my pickaxe. All right, and then we'll switch back to Dr. Shepard. Do you suffer from chronic storytelling dysfunction? Do you find you're overrun with trite tropes and cliche character patterns? Well, you're not alone. In my old age, I was tired of boring stories, but thanks to Dice Chronicles, I feel young again. If you suffer from a lack of creative world building or one-dimensional character development, Dice Chronicles may be just what you need. 
My characters always felt flat and unable to perform, but with Dice Chronicles, I'm not afraid of being my true self. Before I started listening to Dice Chronicles, I felt so alone in my hunger. But now I'm a first-rate villain. Dice Chronicles gave me a purpose, but most importantly, it gave me a terrible French accent. Hi, I'm Yarn, and before Dice Chronicles, I used to be terrified of magic. But now, after just a few episodes, I've got magic pouring out of my eyeballs. I used to suffer from crippling anxiety, but thanks to Dice Chronicles, now I only suffer from anxiety from going on an adventure with my friends. Dice Chronicles is not responsible for rolling natural ones, TPKs, or the general feeling that our characters are better than yours. Ask your DM today if Dice Chronicles is right for you. Find us at podbean.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You find yourself in the midst of an endless frozen field. This would be difficult terrain for all but the most elite warriors, but you're no stranger to this punishing climate. You stand alone with nothing but your trusted silver blades and your most resplendent custom-made armor. This is it, the final encounter in a quest for gold that's brought you all over the world. You've been training your whole life for this, and you're ready. If this sounds exciting, have we got great news for you about competitive figure skating. Join us at the Ice Tea Podcast, the podcast where we spill the tea on figure skating. Whether you're a diehard fan or you just saw Yuri on Ice once and you thought it looked kind of cool, we're here to recap major events, interview your favorite skaters, break down the drama, and do the incredibly important sports journalism of rating the quality of plushies thrown out onto the ice. We may not be technical specialists, but we are comedians with a lot to say. Check us out at bit.ly slash Podcast or by searching the Ice Tea Podcast wherever you get your pods. Dr. Shepard, you wake up, your head hurts, there's a sharp stabbing pain in your chest, the blaring sunlight from above is stinging your eyes as your blurred vision is, is coming into focus, and you see standing in front of you this gnome wearing a black outfit and no longer wearing a mask. He has a scarred face, um, and he's like, what the hell is wrong with you? I told you to wait for me. I was, I was almost there. Why'd you have to start fighting with them? damn get Yankees. You told me to, and I'm speaking telepathically, you told me to light myself up with fairy fire and as soon as I did, it was a beacon to the Githyanki. Well, I didn't tell you to start a fight with the damn Githyankis. I did start the fight. I tried to communicate with them and they shot fires at me. Nah, no worries. And he's, uh, pulls that this, like, big needle thing out of your chest that you've been stabbed with. That's like, uh, like essentially an adrenaline shot that has revived you for 10 mm. HP and you awaken with 10 HP and he's just like, I mean, that almost ended up being pretty bad there. You know, if this was a regular arm and he holds up his right arm and you see this mechanical arm and on the end is like a hook and he pulls on it and you can see that the wrist comes off and there's like a chain it seems to be like a hook shot arm. Um, He's like, we might have been in a trouble there. I got pretty lucky with that feller. And he points over and you see one of the Githyanki's head has been smashed uh, like, uh, like a watermelon on a, in a Gallagher comedy bit against the side of the speed bike. Uh, the other Githyanki lays on the ground dead. Um, both of their Githyanki sabers and rifles are just laying there next to him. And both the speed bikes are still there. Um... He just, uh, you also notice that Erky has this, that big 
rifle of his on his back, which certainly is bigger than him now that you're seeing up close. And he's going to hold out his uh, hookshot arm and pull you up with a lot of force to help you to your feet. And it seems like a very strong arm. But when you stand up, you are much taller than him, almost twice the height. Oh, nice to meet you, Erky Timbers. And yeah, you can clearly see this is a gnome who's been through a lot. He's got scars on his face. He's missing an arm. And as you're looking at his feet, one of his feet seems to be mechanical as well. You're not sure if it's the whole leg or if it's just his foot. Uh, pl- pleasure to meet you. Think I owe you quite a bit for uh, the rescue back there. I guess I also... Yeah, I'd say so. I guess I could also blame you for wanting to uh, light myself up and become a beacon for those two. But uh, either way, uh, you were looking for a uh, a captain of sorts from... Really, I should be the one that's apologizing. Or perhaps thanking you at the very least. I've been looking for these damn bastards base for days. Now we at least have a lead here. We know we're not too far from it. They saw your uh, beacon there, and looks like we got the mode of travel, too. A lot more discreet than uh, my ship over there. And he points over his shoulder. Like, you, you like you can't see it, but he's just kind of pointing in the direction. Are you inferring that Captain Burke is also captured by the Githyanki? Yeah, they're... Uh, you ever heard of the uh, Harpers? You ever been to Waterdeep? Uh, yes, I have. Well, uh... I don't know if you know this, but the Harpers, uh, they've extended quite a bit past Waterdeep these days, past beyond Torrell even. And the, uh, the captain before he was in your, uh, in your armada there, and he, like, pats you on the chest right where the patch is for the Lord's armada. He used to be in the Harpers himself. He's a pretty good fella. Uh, that Captain Burke is, of course, got himself mixed up in all sorts of stuff he, he shouldn't, shouldn't get himself mixed up in as we are wont to do, and, uh, Got himself captured. That was three months ago. I've been trying to find that bastard ever since. Well, I believe it very well may be the same Githyanki that have uh, kidnapped Captain Burke, have also kidnapped my friends, the remaining crew of the Gary. So it seems like we've got a common enemy. If you'd uh, care to help me rescue them, I'm not sure exactly where they are, but I believe I saw their ship heading in this direction. Well, uh, what business do you have with the Githyanki? You know, they say they're supposed to be our allies. Yeah, they. Uh, we were doing an expedition where we were uh, doing archaeological. Uh, archaeological. It's one of those words. Um, uh, yeah, you're getting. Yeah, we. Uh, it was getting closer and closer, but I'm gonna stop while I'm ahead. Uh, we were uh, doing a investigation, and uh, uh, we were told by the Lords Armada that the um, uh, Githyanki. Uh, how how would you put it? The um, lockdown of the area had been lifted this year or a few years prior. And uh, we were doing our investigation when we were surrounded by uh, the Githyanki. And then subsequently, uh, my team were arrested. I had to hide because I was not quite sure how they would take to uh, finding an elephant in their sacred temple. Um, so uh, they were arrested. And then I have followed them here to this planet. And um, hoping to do whatever kind of rescue I can. Uh, while we wait for the Lords Armada to uh, make their presence known. And you're saying this all telepathically while your tentacles are just writhing around and really creepy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
Yeah, I'd uh, got to be honest with you. You're certainly the first Alithid I come to kill. Or at least try to. Never quite got my hands around one of them slippier bastards. Sorry. What are you slippery about? Doesn't sound much better. You're on our side, though, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm in the. Ah, then you get what I'm Lord's saying. Armada. Yeah, I know. You ever met another Alithid? Uh, it's been a while. Um, not since I was uh, a toddler, I guess you would call it. <laughs> yeah, they're not great. He just hits you on the chest. Cool. Thanks. Um. Uh. Yeah. Uh, you seem okay, though. That's. Uh, <laughs> you haven't tried to kill me yet. That's that's good. No. I, you almost died though. That was. You know, you could have been the first Alith that I ever killed. I had you there, but I decided. I appreciate you probably it. Shouldn't. I appreciate it. Uh. Yeah. Um. I don't know how much time my friends have. I don't know how much time. How long has Captain Burke been missing? Uh, about three months. And you think he's we finally managed to uh, get him down to this planet? You see, he was trying to. Uh, well, I can't really talk much about it, but let's just say we've been weary of our gift, our gift friends here for a while, and uh, even though the Lord's Armada was against it, we felt we needed some research to be done. That's why I'm here, and that's why you're not going to say anything, right? Oh, no, of course not. I just want to save my friends, and it seems like you want to also get into this, uh, is it a, a jail, a prison, a base? Uh, either way. Uh, hell if I know. I just know he was taken away. Uh, where was it you were going exactly when they found you? Uh, we we were on the uh, moon Amaron. Uh, when they were kidnapped, and then we were, of course, heading... Uh, I, I followed them um, down here to uh, Sentinel. Maybe. Uh, maybe this is called Sentinel, I think. Um, yeah, you're on uh, Sentinel. Yeah. Circulates around Glyph. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, from, from Amaron, after they were taken, I, I've just been... Uh, putting the Gary in stealth mode and following them down here to Sentinel. Um, so it was kind of a uh, point A to point B travel. Well, I don't know what the hell they're doing, but I know something's going on here. Um, I'll tell you what. You help me find my Captain Burke, and maybe I'll help you find your friends, and we can all get out of here. I mean, yeah, it sounds like they're probably in the same spot, and uh, I definitely can't. I definitely can't uh, be doing a jailbreak on my own. I'm much more if you if you look at my my frame, I'm much more of a uh, a healer, a scientist, a doctor of sorts than much of a combatant. So if it wasn't evident back there where I died, so uh, I I will definitely uh, need your help. There's going to be a sound. Um, it sounds like something being shut down. And then this bright light that's above you will stop being like a warm orange glow of sunlight and instead just be like a, a temperatureless fluorescent white light. And you are laying on a table. Dr. Shepard. What? And um, you were strapped down. <laughs> Wait, what? And standing above you is still Erky Timbers. Um, you have some sort of device around your head. And your tentacles have devices on them as well. And uh, he's going to go, all right, that should be enough. And you see him 
walk like turning these knobs and unlocking all these things and you're realizing like your limbs are all numb and you're absolutely just strapped down to some table inside of like a ship or something and uh Erky Timber is gonna be like alright I think I believe you now and um he's gonna just start like unstrapping these things that are holding your wrist down sorry about that friend I uh <laughs> had to had to make sure you're telling the truth. And yeah, you realize you're like in some sort of laboratory on a ship. Was this really necessary? You could have asked me, you why'd you strap me down? Is it a sex thing? You're probably just here to eat my brain. I had to make sure. My brain too. Ah, but that's all behind us now, buddy. I believe you now. But can we go? He points to like a screen and there's like your brain scans and shit. Like there's like data. Yeah, okay. That's impressive. Can we go save my friends now and Captain Burke? I was just trying to check you out to make sure you were uh, telling the truth there. And? And everything seems to check out. Yeah. Can we go? Uh, do you know where to go? I, I, I could maybe try to uh, map out which direction I was heading before you brought me on this ship. Yeah, that was... Uh, you've been in here about five hours or so. Okay, let's go see what I can do. And he's going to... Uh, help you up and, and release you from this table that you're strapped down on and take this device off of your brain and pull these little suction things off of your uh, face tendrils. Definitely a sex thing, yeah. And uh, all these things seem to be trying to limit your psionic power while also uh, scanning your brain and uh, kind of s- helps you stand up and walks you through this uh, somewhat narrow ship and pulls this lever and then uh, a much more rudimentary ship even though he said that he has the Gary 2.0 the AI might be better but the ship itself is uh, seems a lot older and when you pull it you're going to hear opening frontal cabin <laughs> is that is that the same voice they used for the Gary 1.0 that sounds just this is the Gary 2.0 I don't know. did they use the same voice actor or what what was that or I don't know. That's just the Gary 2.0. Should, I never been on oh, one. Oh, you got to come over. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll compare. Um, either way, um, what's what's wrong with Gary here? I am the superior Gary. Um, can I try to like after the the uh, door opens and drops? Can I try to piece together? Because now I I'm really not sure exactly which direction yeah, I was when heading. The, when the thing drops, it's like dusk. Sun's like starting to set. There's like the two speeder bikes down on the on the sandy desert floor. Um, just laying there, you see the two bodies. It, it basically looks like what you imagined it looked like when you were hooked to the machine. Um, you just, you know, from the moment you were knocked out, you were dragged into the ship and everything else was okay. was inserted, essentially. Okay. Yeah, I think they uh, came from that way, but... Yeah, well, which... All we know is they're close enough to see the damn... Lights in the sky doesn't really tell us much. Well, whichever way they came from is the way that I saw the ship uh, heading towards. So I think that's the way we want to go to save our friends. So what are we going to do? Just drive over there and... What's your plan exactly? Oh, I I was thoroughly hoping that you had a plan. You saw I just died from two of them and I saw much more than two um, I think it was somewhere around 20 uh, prior before they arrested my friends 
So I was hoping maybe you had like a, a an even bigger gu- gun than that one, or like bombs or something. Well, I mean, I have the ship. They had multiple ships bigger than this one, so I don't know. Well, these are the biggest guns I've got on this ship. What about your ship? Oh, my ship's dang near useless. It's got a claw. Yeah, I mean, you do have the Gary 1.0. Yeah. All right. Um, all right, why don't we sit down and make a plan? We'll go rescue all of our friends. Sure. Besides, another hour or two and might actually pick up on Burke a little bit. We'll get him every now and then. Oh, he can actually communicate? Just enough for me to barely tell it's him. That's what I was trying to do when I got a hold of you. He talks with you? No, he tries to. That's how I found out he was here. You see, and he's going to like pull up his shirt that's like above where his arm is attached, his, his false arm, to where his real arm is, and there's like a device implanted in it. Um, that like you you wouldn't even, it's like so small you might not have even notice it if if you just saw someone that way. Um this thing kind of like a uh, lets you send out a message. It's like one of these, but a little bit more reliable. It must be pretty damn deep down there, though. I've been trying to get in contact with him, like I said, for weeks, months. Yeah, I can't reach my friends either, but I just use this. All right, well, we'll figure something out. And we'll go back to the rest of the crew. You're all over here chipping away at some crystals. You have managed to stash one crowbar. Seeing how easy it was to stash a crowbar, I think it might be worth trying to stash a couple crystals. Just little baby ones, just to see. Little tiny, tiny. Okay, yeah, and you're, I mean, if you're over here, like, actually hitting these crystals with these, uh, these pickaxes, you notice that, like, the, like, the points of them have, like, little crystals embedded at the points that make it easier for them to chip away at these larger crystals. Like, these are effectively pretty good pickaxes, because they can destroy this, this very tough uh, crystal that they use to make these crystal coils. And yeah, no one is really watching you. Uh, during this time, you've probably been over here like 10 minutes just kind of discussing and mining these crystals. And there's maybe been, you know, one or two of these Get the Yankees that have walked past you. But as long as you're working, none of them have really paid any attention to you. Uh, the space elf and the big creature have made their way around the corner out of your sight um, you have not seen the Neogi or the big uh, hill giant at any point. Uh, at most, it's seen like you've just seen these gith that are patrolling. And yeah, I think you could grab some of these crystal shards. Are you trying to grab like a hunk, like a big chunk of it that would be in, like the size of your crystal coil? Or are you trying to just get like a couple little pieces? Yeah, no, I was more wondering whether it was possible to just, like, be working in a way that is, you know, honest and true, but then potentially the angle at which I hit it sends some, oh no, some little chips go careening into the bag of holding by mistake. And okay. I didn't yeah, I think if, uh, you can all purposely steal Allegedly. a couple little chips of crystal uh, throughout this time as you are mining away and, and actually creating a pile of crystals. So are you all just working or are any of you going to do anything else besides, of course, stealing that some of them? I'm just wondering if you're like, if you're all just working and that's it, or if you had something else you wanted to do rather than just continue working after that. No, Lita's just working. I would like to try and steal a slightly larger one, closer to our coil size. 
All right, yeah, because you do. I mean, these things are hard, so like it takes a while to break these things off. But you've managed to get, you know, in this ten minutes, probably only like three or four chunks that big, as well as just a couple little shards of the crystals. Go ahead and make a sleight of hand check. Yeah, an eighteen. So yeah, can I potentially give the health action by covering and whatnot? Yeah, so uh, Ava will stand right behind you. Info is going to bend over and quickly grab one of those crystals. And as you stuff it into the sash, you will hear a voice behind you go, Hey, what are you doing? And you turn and there's that giant. There's literally that very large hill giant just standing there. And that's where we'll end this episode of Eclipse. Hill giant is played by Tony Danza. (laughs) Hey! What you doing? Sounds like the guy from Warcraft. <laughs> yes, my lord. Yes, my lady. <laughs> Mining stuff. Building. Hey, everybody. This is Jeremy, your DM. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of Eclipse. I hope that you enjoyed it as much as we did when we recorded it. The plot is really starting to take off now, so I'm super excited to get deeper into this story. The next episode of Eclipse will release in two weeks, so make sure that you're subscribed to Eclipse so you never miss an episode. And if you've enjoyed Eclipse, please tell your friends about us. Go wherever you like to get your podcasts and leave us a rating and a review. We have gotten a lot of downloads and a lot of positive feedback, so I really, really appreciate all the support. You can keep up to date with all the Eclipse content by following us on Twitter. That is at EclipsePod. We are super active on there. You can also go to TheEclipsePod.com where you can learn about the show and the crew and all the awesome voice actors that are playing the characters for Eclipse. Eclipse is part of the Majestic Goose Podcast Network, so you will want to check that out as well. We're home to over a dozen podcasts and streams. We have everything from actual plays to talk shows. We even do a live nerdy craft stream every week, so we really do it all here on the Majestic Goose Network. We release new content six days a week with shows like Doom Clock, One Shot Onslaught, Halfway to Hero, Dice Talk, Roll for Weird, and many, many more. So go to MajesticGoose.com and check out all that awesome stuff on there. You can check out our weekly streaming schedule and just come say hi to us. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next time on Eclipse.